It's time for Conversations with Bob and Sherry. Hello, Sherry. Hi. Boy, don't we have a lot to talk about today. Yes, we do. Uh, we're watching the stock market taking a nosedive, um, mm. and mainly due to bank stocks because the SVB that collapsed within 48 hours last week, now Credit Suisse. And they're calling these the second and third largest bank prop failures since uh, 2008. Oh, accounting the one in 2008. I guess the biggest one in 2008 was... Lehman Brothers, right? Lehman Brothers. Right. As we are speak today, right now, I think I looked at earlier, Dow Jones is down to 535 points right now. And it lost, um, I think lost 3% yesterday. So this, I don't think this is going to stop. Mm -mm. I mean, SVB is a very local issue. It's Silicon Valley Bank. But Credit Suisse, it's a very sound bank. Um, that, 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 you know, that's going to do a chain reaction worldwide on the, in the Western anyway. Credit Suisse hasn't collapsed yet, I don't think. No, but, yeah, they halted. They halted mm -hmm. their trading. Let's talk about SVB. Why are they collapsing? Why, sure. why did they shut down within 48 hours? There's many theories on that. Some people blame on the federal government. Some people blame on the fact that this is a very woke bank. Um, the, so what is that exactly what that means? Apparently, a lot of their board members does not have banking experience. Um, they only have one person on there um, supposedly have banking experience. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'm going from an article from the Epic Times by Daniel Lacal. He's a Spanish economist living in London. He's an investment manager, professor of global economics. In his piece, he says, as of the end of the year, December 31st, SVB had approximately $209 billion in total assets and about $175 billion in total deposits. So that's, that's very healthy, very strong. SVB is a venture capitalist. They invest in venture capital in the Silicon Valley you know, tech startup space. So um, before the Fed started raising rates with low interest rates, after the pandemic, you have a lot of business activity. Okay, mm -hmm. low interest, business invests, it heats up the economy. So SVB was investing a lot of money in venture capital. They offset that risk by investing in treasury bills and, you know, treasuries and fixed market. You know, so basically fixed interest government-backed securities are some of the safest. So that's how they were protecting themselves. Well, with the Fed cranking up the interest rates, that does two things. Dissuades investment in biz for business to invest. So that hurt their investments in the venture capital world. But what does it also do? When, they, when you see interest rates rising, then people want to sell their treasury assets because you buy them for a fixed interest rate for a period of time. And if interest rates stay low or go down, they're a good bet. But if interest rates rise, you've locked in an interest rate lower than what you can get by buying other security. So the ones that they held became, you know, they, they just tanked, their value tanked. Uh, so basically their investments, because of the Fed policy of raising interest rates, their assets in the 
venture capital space and in the treasury space all all lost value tremendously. And interestingly, um, here's from this economist. SVB was the poster child of banking management by the book. The bank followed a conservative policy of adding the safest assets, long-dated treasury bills, as deposits soared. SVB did exactly what, the rec- what was recommended by those who blamed a 2008-09 financial crisis on deregulation. SVB was a boring and conservative bank that invested the rising deposits in sovereign bonds and mortgage-backed securities and believed that inflation was transitory, as everyone except us, the crazy minority, repeated. So while the government's out there telling everybody it's transitory, don't worry about it, they held on to these uh, safe treasury securities. They did nothing but follow regulation and monetary policy incentives and Keynesian economists' recommendations point by point. SVB was the epitome of mainstream economic thinking and mainstream killed the tech star. So there's a lot of news going around. Many are now blaming greed, capitalism, lack of regulation. He's saying, but guess what? More regulation would have done nothing. They were following all the best practices, doing the mainstream conservative stuff, and they failed because of government policy, because of Fed policy, and because of the government, uh, the White House rhetoric. You know, trying to shore up the president politically. They're out there telling everybody, oh, it's transitory. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. So there's that. That's what happened. You can't blame SVB. It seems like every time um, you, our President Biden comes out of the podium to say something, it always happens the opposite. Why the inflation yep. is transitory? Now the inflation's here to stay. And then the other day, he just came on camera for a few minutes and he said, "Well, don't worry, our banking system is sound." And then Credit Suisse now is in uh, halting, and that's a Swiss investment bank right. they have a lot of foreign investments in there so uh it's just interesting too you know svb i guess it posted announcements say they need two billion dollars in order to you know having to handle the withdrawals and that's to to handle to be buy out at one right. point and that's when people went crazy and started withdrawing their money. I think they say like within a couple of days, it was like 40 million or maybe more got withdrew out of the bank. Right. And at that point, one of the economists on TV said this is a Federal Reserve's yeah. fault because a bank, as you said, practiced a good policy, is sound. The Federal Reserve could have came in and lent the bank some money. And then let them handle the withdrawals and still keep the bank solvent rather than shutting it down. So the economist said the Fed could have stepped in and said, we're going to lend you some money until you get back on your feet. Um, so, you know, you're right. 50% in Treasury, that's supposed to be a safe bet. Mm-hmm. But turn out that actually hurt them because they have to sell their bond at a discount in order to handle the depositor. Here's another thing, though. Um just hours before the bank collapsed, they're giving their employees all the bonuses. What is that all about? I don't know. I didn't hear that part. Are they? Yeah, yeah they were paying bonuses to the employees. Um, and actually, Elizabeth Warren is asking for an investigation on this because 
Um, apparently, the CEO, the CFO, all this, you know, all the people that starts with a C that sold their stock and actually made $84 million before the bank collapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, they receive bonuses. This is an article from The Street. It says, um, it's posted on March 14th. It says, SBB employees receive bonuses on the day the bank failed. Um, and this is widely reported. Of course, this is not just. Yeah, that's a bad look, huh? Yeah. So knowing they're failing. So the bonuses range between $4,000 in relation service advisor to $300,000 for the head of the product digital, according to Glassdoor. The bank was one of the public traded banks and paid its employee very well in 2018 with an average salary of $250,000.683. $250,000. I mean, is that is that what they're paying the bank teller? I know the, the, the bank is in Silicon Valley, so everything is expensive over there. Um, but what about the depositors? Now they can withdraw. They're guaranteed up to $250,000. That's just some people's salary. Yeah. That's what they need to live on. I mean, we all know how expensive that area is. Yep. So um, now the Federal Reserve did step in and they basically have taken over SVB. They've set up a separate facility, taken over responsibility, and they've said that they're going to give everybody their money and they're going to provide loans, whatever people need to keep it going. So the government is basically, I, w- I don't know if I would call it a bailout. A bailout would be giving money to SVB. They basically set up a separate facility beside it to take over all the obligations of SVB. So, however, they're only going to give people up to $250,000. No, they've said they're going they're, they're, they're to give everybody everything that they lost back, everything. But not, not the investors. Uh, well, I mean, the FDIC normally has a $250,000 cap, but I, I believe they said they were not going to honor that. They were just going to make sure that everybody's made whole. I That's not what I heard, but if you can have an article. But they're not going to protect the investors. The investors are actually suing right now. Okay, the tra- here's from... Um, CNBC article, the Treasury Department designated both SVB and Signature as systemic risks, giving it authority to unwind both institutions in a way that it said fully protects all depositors. The FDIC's deposit insurance fund will be used to cover depositors, many of whom were insured, or I'm sorry, many of whom were uninsured due to the $250,000 cap on guaranteed deposits. Along with that move, the Federal Reserve also said it is creating a new bank, term, a new bank term funding program a- aimed at safeguarding institutions affected by the market instability of the FBC, SVB's failure. So this is a federal policy caused the FBB failure. Now they're coming in to save it. Right. Just like we're, we're short of oil. Now Biden is going to let the oil to start drilling so- oil. Okay, they do say that uh, whatever, however they claim they're doing it, there would be no bailouts and no taxpayer costs. So they're going to, you know, float this like another bank. 
And uh, But they said shareholders and some unsecured creditors will not be protected and will lose all of their. So some. I don't know how they're going to pick and choose. Do you believe that? I mean, do you believe the taxpayer is not going to carry this burden? That's crazy. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't believe anything these people say anymore. You know, um, your bank is going to be secure. Boom. The is FTX, now it's F SVB. And then, by the way, a lot of their top executives, they are donors of the to the Democratic Party. Now that it matters towards their policy or not, but that was reported this morning. So let's talk about Credit Suisse because okay. I just thought it's kind of really interesting that Saudi National Bank decided they're no longer going to lend money to Credit Suisse and they're going to cap that 10%. This is what's costing the collapsing this morning. And if you notice, it's right after China broker a deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia. Now they're resuming their diplomatic relationship. Saudi is going to, Iran is going to put an embassy in Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia is going to do the exactly same in Iran. This is was only like a week ago, mm -hmm. right? Saudi is supposed to be our partner. Now, after they broker a deal, they all, you, if, if Saudi agree with China to broker a deal with Iran, what does that mean to Israel? What does that mean to United States? And what does that mean to our oil supply from the Middle East? So it's just interesting to me, the coincid coincidence that the Saudi national banks said, we're no longer going to lend you money when it kept at 10%. And you know, there's a lot of Western investment in the Swiss investment bank. Oh, sure. So. Well, they're saying that all of their large um, investors, you know, are the their biggest investors said they would not provide more backing. I I don't know how many. Uh, I don't know who that is besides Saudi Arabia. Um, they say, yeah, 25% are going to stop. And I, I can, you know, last week, I think we did our show. And then I was talking about how the Saudis is not going to side with the United States. And then right after that show, it was a news report saying the China brokered deal between Iran and Saudi Arabia. Okay. And it, it just really interesting to me that just happened so quickly. So when we're talking about... There is a war going out. We're losing the fennel war. Now we're losing the diplomatic war. Okay. I believe. Um, so now we're going to see what India does. And I, once again, I don't think India is going to be siding with the United States. There's a lot of oil. China now controlled. Let's just say it. China is now controlling the oil in the Middle East. No longer mm -hmm. the United States. No longer United States. They have Afghanistan. Now they got the Saudis and Iran to resume diplomatic relationship. They are controlling the oil. If we'd stop, if our government still not let us drill internally, we are going to be in such a crisis. I just looked at Credit Suisse's website and there's a piece on here. I don't know what it's dated, but they list their most significant shareholders. Saudi Bank is the largest at 9.88%. Cutter Holdings is a little over five. Olean Group is just under five. And mm -hmm. BlackRock is just over four. Hmm. And BlackRock is heavily in, invested with China. Okay. 
And it just what if the Chinese bank, Asian bank, stop lending to United States? Then what's going to happen to our banking system? So this is a foresight. This is a pretty a preview what happens in banking if your lender stop lending it to you.、Mm -hmm. Look at what happened to Credit Suisse. So now we're going to see how this modern banking is going to work out because we no longer have reserves. Like the gold standard has been gone. Now we we go. You know, people are crazy over Bitcoin. Basically, money born out of the air. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is terrible. We're in a bad situation here economically. We're losing the financial war. We're losing the diplomatic war. We're losing the financial war. I mean, like we were talking about last week, we're in a war right now. It's just very different type of war. So now, what's happening? Oil prices were starting to rise with you know China's. Opening back up, increasing demand, but now with these financial sector crises happening,、uh, oil prices are dropping. So that's going to hurt the oil industry. I mean, you know, all of this really started with with COVID. So you know, inflation, everything. When you shut down the world economy, you know, you 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 lost、uh, supply. You killed supply. Then. When you turn it back on, demand comes back. There's, you know, supply can't catch up right away. And in fact, a lot of the countries providing supply, like China, stayed locked down for an extended period beyond when, like, the U.S. opened up. So I blame you know, a lot of these to the policies of Joe Biden. Well, I mean, the inflation started due to the the, the pandemic, supply and demand. And you know, so the question no, no, then is: I disagree with that. The inflation started when Joe Biden,、uh, with a stroke of pen, and saying that we are going to shut down the Keystone Pipeline project. And well, that raised oil prices for sure. Raised, well, raised oil prices, raising you know, you raise also you raise the prices of goods, right?、Mm -hmm. Because that's a part of the cost of、ah. transportation of the goods. And、yeah. the other thing is, he was throwing money in the market for no reason. Wow. He had a reason. It wasn't a sound economic reason, but he had a reason. It wasn't a sound economic reason. He, he, here's where we're at, and I think everybody needs to see this: that you know we are at a point now where the the country is so politicized, the parties are always campaigning that all that the Biden administration has been doing, and the Democrats themselves, all their policy、uh, decisions are what's best for the party. What's best for their politics, not what's good for the country. So, you know, increasing government spending, trying to stimulate the economy at a time when the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates for the direct reason of slowing down the economy to fight inflation. The federal government was fighting the Fed, and why were they doing it to to help? Biden. I mean, Biden's poll numbers were way down. They're trying, and and even now, what is Biden doing? Biden's adopting all the Trump policies that he shut down three years ago. You know, the the immigration. They're not gonna, they're not allowing people.、Uh, they're immediately disqualifying people from asylum if they come here through other countries. That was a Trump policy. It was he was criticized heavily for that, called racist and xenophobe. And you know the the rationale being, if you leave your Central American country, Guatemala, because the conditions are bad or unsafe, you go to Mexico, 
Why do you go all the way? If you're coming to the U.S. to claim asylum, why did you travel those thousands of miles through Mexico? You were out of Guatemala in Mexico. If you needed asylum, you had it in Mexico. So they're saying that that ruins the rationale that disqualifies them from uh, asylum. Well, now Biden has adopted that policy. Well, Biden is slowly going back to the Trump policy, but the damage is done. I mean, he just opened up drilling in Alaska, the willow drilling on federal land and the the environmentalists are up in arms. Why? Because he recognizes that his policies are creating serious damage and there's an election coming. He's now in election mode because so, you know, he did all the policies to this point were to prop up his presidency. And now. The damage that he's caused is threatening his reelection. So now he's changing and he's adopting all the Trump policies. And the 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 problem is American people have a short term memory and they don't do do good. They have a short term memory. They don't. They do not do deep dives in analysis. So when it comes to reelection time, they can say, "Look, I saved the economy." Where he's killed the economy. If we go back to when he got first elected, if he would have just stayed, kept everything the way it is, yeah, kept the oil policy the way it is, bring slowly bringing back the manufacturer or China shut down, but they were moving manufacturer to Vietnam and surrounding Southeast Asian country. And all they have to do is start buying from Vietnam. It doesn't take much. The, the infrastructure is there. And so is Mexico. But we have the infrastructure. And at the time, Trump had Mexico just at the right place. Now you right. have the Mexican government are bold enough to mock United States when the new budget, the new, I believe this is $1 trillion budget or $6 billion budget from Biden, out of that budget, he wants to give $158 million to the Mexican police and military, okay? After five, four of our Americans were kidnapped and killed. I mean, mm-hmm. two were killed, but the other two were tortured. What's the difference? They're, they're 30 minutes across the border into Mexico, and they were racially targeted. I'm just going to say that. They were racially targeted. And... With all these American got killed, what did Biden, did Biden come out and say anything? Did the yeah. Black Congressional Caucus come out? Did Black Lives Matter come out? Did Kamala Harris come out? Someone I mean, came out. Do you know who came out? All the white politicians, ha- all the House white- House Republicans. Yeah, all the white men, House Republicans. Do you know what, do you know what House Republicans said? They want military. They want They to- threaten military action. Exactly. So what happened? The Democrats throw up their, oh, no, no, here they go. They're crazy. They're racist. The, the Mexican president made a, a statement telling Mexican-Americans not to vote for Republicans for their harsh language, their dangerous language, their dangerous rhetoric. And what happened, though? The cartel apologized to the American people, and they took the people who committed these crimes, killed and tortured these folks, these American citizens. They turned them over to the Mexican authorities. Let me ask you a question. Is there ever been a time in history when the cartels have apologized to anyone for anything? Yeah, you're right. I don't know that there has. That's just, like, mind-blowing. This should be all over the news that it was the Republicans' tough language, threatening military action, where 
their own president in Mexico went against it. And yeah. the cartel said, hey, wait a minute. We're sorry. This never should have happened. These guys acted on their own. You can have them. Take them. They're bad. Leave us alone. That's yeah. what the cartel said. They apologized for this. Imagine if this was happening during the Trump years. It, Imagine American. First of all, it would never happen. This, I mean, it's 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 good news that they apologized. Okay, it right. worked, but it shouldn't be very surprising because the only the reason I mean the the cartel isn't violent and killing people just for the sake of being violent and killing people. They're doing it to make money. It's right. how it's their business. So when their business is threatened by the American military, hey, we're sorry. Yep. I mean, it's not that hard to figure out. But the the government in Mexico is completely controlled by the cartel. When they absolutely, they're corrupt. Mexican, it's it's everywhere. Sure, it's everywhere. When they first voted this so, Mexican president in, they thought this one would be different. With Trump, he was different yep. because we kind of we stopped the border crossing. We kind of was the cartel was suffering with their human trafficking business, suffering yep. with their drug trafficking business. Now they're up to two billion dollars. These people are making tons of money. It's they they do the horrible killings and beheadings and things that they do to scare people. They're trying to hold on to power. They're yeah. trying to keep rival cartels out of their territory. They're trying to keep the regular people afraid of them and quiet. And, and they have corrupt, they, they've corrupted officials in the government. So the whole, all the violence, everything that they do is all about making money. Nobody crosses the cartel. You end up with your head cut off and your family gets killed. Okay, right. But they don't want to mess with the U.S. military. <laughs> That's bad for business. It's yeah. bad for their money. So they're going to say, hey, we're sorry. We sh this never should have happened. It wasn't us. We didn't condone it. Take these folks. And, you know, so the American people should recognize that. Say, OK, this is this is how we protect our people. The American people are not going to recognize it because it's not in the media. media right. not and why not? <laughs> and why not? Because Republican came out. I was talking to this right. lady. Hopefully she'll come on our show in a couple of weeks. And, you know, what I don't understand is they, these people were racially targeted in Mexico. Why isn't there's a protest well, at the border? They claim that they, they thought they were Haitian smugglers. So, yeah, I mean, they were they racially were profiled, right? Because if these, people, <laughs> these four people are white, they wouldn't be targeted. If that had happened, just what a, a, a less than a mile on the other side of the border, it would have been a racial incident. But because it happened in Mexico, nobody cares about it. Nobody because, cares. No, nobody because cares. why? Because it feeds into the Republican narrative that you know the open borders are a problem; they're a safety yep. problem. And you know, here's the problem: the people, the American people on the left, who are politically engaged, and that includes. 90% of the media, 90 per, the media that controls 90 plus percent of the narrative in the country, they're, they're religious. They're literally religious about their ideology. They're religious about their science. They don't yeah. care about what's true. They're fighting, well, like the Republicans are the enemy. Republicans are like the devil. And, you know, they're just following whatever orthodoxy within their you know, ideology and their science or whatever. They corrupt everything. They distort everything. Well, give you a perfect example. 
just yesterday, Russia has shut down a $32 million military drone into the Black Sea. Right. What did our spokespeople say? It was unprofessional and environmentally un unsound or something yeah. like that. <laughs> the Russians shut down our airplane, Air Force drone, Yep. In the open sea, international right. open sea, and all we can come up with is unprofessional and environmentally unsound. Are you kidding me? Yep. <laughs> now, Russia obviously is denying it, and uh, you know, but I, I saw a story today that the UK and one other country, um, you know, they're flying flight ops, you know, patrolling, you know, the Russian uh, air force, you know, the Russian fighter planes. So. They didn't shut those people down, right? No. They, yeah. Imagine if uh, Russia was shut down Chinese drone. You think the Chinese spokespeople are going to be like, oh, the environment. <laughs> it's literally insane. I mean, it's it's so frustrating. You know, we have, you know, we have a government and a, and a media. They're they're basically together. We now have a state media. And, you know, the people don't know what's going on. I mean, they're not doing what's best for the American people. They're causing a lot of economic damage. They're causing, you know, I mean, national security damage. They're, they're just harming this country so badly. And the people are totally unaware of it. They're unaware because just recently there was a um, wire transfer came in from China, communism China, to this group. I believe is called Wagner or Walker Group, and was five million dollars. And okay. immediately, those money got distributed to three Bidens. Now the media has now revealed the third Biden's name. I'm wondering if it's so sensitive they cannot reveal it because they found the third Biden. Interestingly, they say it's Hunter is James. But we discover a third Biden, but no one's naming this third Biden. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering who is this third Biden? It has to be so classified that we can't not know. We can only guess. So going back to 2020, 2019, when I was talking to my Democrat friends, I tried to say he is so compromised because it's an open secret in China the kind of money he made over there. And no one wants to listen. You know, every single Joe Biden's policy benefits China and Russia in disregarding the, what those policy could do to our national security and what those policy will do to our standing in the world. You know, you want to talk, back when Trump was in office, some people say he was a laughing stock when he goes to the, uh, the summits, War leader were laughing at him. They were laughing at him because they were scared of him. Now oh, absolutely. We, now we're truly the laughing stock of the world. When yep. the Mexican government refused to sanction Russia, think about that. Yep. We asked Mexico to sanction Russia. Mexican president said, I'm not going to sanction Russia. It's, I don't want to get involved with the war. Meanwhile, we're paying them. We're giving money to the Mexicans. And they said, nope, we're not going to sanction. Now, this was Trump. What did Trump do when Trump needed the border to be secured? Either you're going to help me or you're not going to get a dime from me. Right. Yeah. Yep. I mean, <laughs> you know, he protected our interests. He said, hey, you know, I mean, 
this is what we care about, and we're not gonna we're not gonna bend over. We're not. I mean, he even you know challenged funding of NATO, you know, yep. which blew everyone's okay. mind. But his point okay. was everybody's taking advantage of us, right? So NATO didn't go away. We didn't leave NATO, but everybody else increased. You know their support, their they're financial no support. Now that Trump is not in office, they're no longer doing right. it. Right, we're another, like a doormat. Right. Here's another thing. It just like I used to tell my friends. No one's asking to be friends with Trump. He no. is an asshole. Mm -hmm. He's a bully. But this is what we need for our country to guard yeah. our interests. If he's an asshole and a bully, he's our asshole and a bully. Because look who we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with Ayatollahs, we're dealing with President Xi, we're dealing with North Korea, we're dealing with Putin. So now we got Biden, nicest guy, doesn't even say a bad word, right? You know, worries about everyone's feelings. Look, <laughs> I, I just wish if there was some way that, you know, the people who support these Democrats who hate right wingers, hate you know, Republicans could just see what's really going on. I mean, Biden is still out there using the term MAGA Republicans. So what is that supposed to do? That's supposed to say, forget everything I'm doing. Forget all the harm that I'm doing. Just we've got these people over there. They're really bad. So you need to focus on those bad people over there. That's what they're doing. I mean, it's so it's so obvious and ridiculous that it's it's embarrassing to me that so many people fall for. Well, I want to I want to do a scenario. So let's just say you have a right wing mega Republican gun towing have ton of ammo in his house, and then live next door to a progressive liberal who just loves everybody, and I call the fake kindness, and if this progressive liberal's house gets robbed. Who do you think is going to come on and protect the liberal? Yeah, I mean, but, he's going to call somebody with a gun. That <laughs> There is no, know, no other person you're going to call if you're in trouble and your house is robbed. You're going to call somebody with a gun. Now, whether that's the police or whether that's your neighbor, you're going to well, call police, somebody who can help you, who can Police is you. not going to get it because... What what is it? What is the solution to a bad guy with a gun? Is a good guy with a gun, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so what are we doing? So the the crazy. That's why I always joke about. I say, well, at least if I'm in trouble, I know a lot of friends that can protect me. <laughs> oh man, this this is laughable and sad because I think this is just the beginning of the collapsing of our economy, unfortunately. I don't think it's going to get any better. The Feds are not going to be able to print money fast enough. We don't have a good foundation in this well, country. Printing money is part of the problem. I mean, that's that's what's driving inflation, too. And we don't have a manufacturer-based economy anymore, and our labor force's morale is low. So, I mean, but the good thing is, I think it's not a bad thing for this country to go through a little bit of suffrage. I think the whole problem about this country is the fact that it's been doing too well and people are too comfortable. It's it's uh, it's really frustrating because we lost all common sense, right? Mm -hmm. And talk about losing all common sense. I know you said, Let, do we really want to talk about this? Just recently, I, I think 17 states passed a law they're saying that biological male cannot participate in female sports. However, there's one state now is allowing 
biological male to participate in weightlifting out of anything weightlifting mm -hmm. okay so you might as well just say you know what why don't you guys just go compete you know you're gonna have the transgender women compete and then you gotta have the boys sports just take the take the girls out of it completely right what's the yeah. point i mean i mean there was a uh, i think it's vermont private religious school in vermont has been banned from all state-run activities and and athletics with other schools because it um oh and the Vermont Principals Association issued a letter to Mid Vermont Christian School announcing the decision because the school said that their girls basketball team is not going to play against an opponent with a transgender student athlete so they're saying our girls are not going to be playing against a team that has a boy on it, a biological, stronger boy. And so they've been kicked out of the all activities with other schools, all, all athletics and sports. Well, I have to tell you, my son played in the basketball team a year ago. So he goes to the Catholic school and all the kids on his team are built relatively small. And I believe sometimes in Catholic school, you will have kids that's a little bit older than the others. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this is in the boys basketball team. When we play another school, there's three, four boys. They look like they're 16 years old. Yeah. Okay. They have muscle tone. I don't believe. And that's already unfair. So when you're putting someone that's taller, bigger, stronger, faster, and a girl team. Now, when it comes to like swimming, weightlifting, that type of thing, at least you're by yourself. But when it comes to teen sport, I would be afraid if I have a girl playing a team and played the opposite team have a biological male, a transgender female, I would be afraid my girl will get hurt physically. Mm -hmm. Whether it's in soccer, whether it's in basketball, I would be so afraid they get hurt. Because these are very competitive sport, very physical. There's a lot of physical touching. Um, I say this over and over and over again. And I just did the talk for Moms for Liberty in Washington County. Why is it the feminist and the people with... I don't believe the only people with girls in their house in America are Republicans. I believe they're progressive liberal, they're Democrats, have daughters okay and i don't understand how are they not worried about this mm -hmm. i mean unless the only people with girls that plays in the sports team or they're playing some type of sport that decide to you know shoot for scholarship training unless all those households in america are conservative republicans and i just don't understand how that's not happening how that's not a bigger uproar i agree I mean, here's a prime example. This happened in 2014. Okay, this uh, Fallon Fox is a transgender woman, so a biological man, mm -hmm. trans to a woman, MMA fighter. And fighting another woman, she broke the other woman's orbital bone. So their eye, basically their, their eye socket, their skull, mm -hmm. you know, with a punch. <laughs> okay, so... This has made the rounds, right? People say, oh, this is terrible. Look what happened. PolitiFact fact-checked it. Mm -hmm. And their, their title of it says that the social media posts mislead 
about the MMA fighters' injuries, okay? If your time is short, here's a summary of the fact check. They, they acknowledge that Fallon Fox fractured an opponent's orbital bone. Okay. okay? And in the past, Fox characterized the injury to her opponent as a skull fracture. Okay? That's, that's a fact that they acknowledge. But the thrust of their fact check is the photo that was used in these social media posts was from a different fight that didn't involve Fox. It took place years ago. So they get a picture of a woman with blood on her face and things. And they're saying it was the picture wasn't real. The story's real. <laughs> what happened is real, but the picture is. So here's the last bullet in the summary. MMA is a combat sport. Uh, MMA is a combat sport and has an overall high rate of injury. That's their answer. So they want to totally, they basically acknowledged the issue. They said that they discredit people spreading the issue by saying they used a fake photo. And then they say, but you know what? People get hurt in MMA. <laughs> well, I can tell you. My son is 12 and 180 pounds. Mm. He's not sporty at all. He's not a weightlifter. He's not right. a sport person by any stretch of imagination. Okay. He barely punched me as a joke and it was, it hurt. Right. Barely used his full strength. So I can't even imagine what that's like. That's the reason I'm so, I don't under, all common sense throughout the window. So yeah. what if somebody just go like, well, you know what? If a boy cannot compete in the boy sports and he can easily just say, I'm going to be transgender, mm -hmm. I'm going to put a dress, I'm going to dress like a girl, you can't say anything about me, I'm going to sign up for female sport. They're going to win. Right. And they're going to take away the scholarship. They are going to take away so much. Interestingly, if it's such a fair thing in the sports world, why don't you see any transgender men mm -hmm. playing in the men's sports? I don't right. see no girls that right. transgender to a guy say, you know what? I'm going to go weight lift with the guys. I'm going to go MNA fighting with the guys. If female hormones turn a biological male in every way into a female, in every way, then male hormones should take a biological female and turn them into a male in every single way. So there should be women in men's sports. Men's sports. But there aren't. There aren't. <laughs> All through, all through my whole lifetime, you know, men would fight. And whether right or wrong, it would fight. Men do not hurt women. Men do not hit women. If a woman comes up and slaps you in the face, you're a man. You can take it. You don't worry That's about right. it. Okay? Right. You don't punch a woman in the face for slapping you. That just never is has been an acceptable practice. The other thing that has always been an issue is uh, – Perform-enhancing drugs, steroids. Steroids are, for men, testosterone. So by manipulating testosterone, a man gets an unfair advantage in sports. They say that's illegal. We're not going to let that happen. Okay? But now you're going to let a man compete in women's sports who's taken female hormones, which, you know, so if, if I've got a competition coming up, maybe I back off. Even if, first of all, the the... the Estrogen does not turn them into a woman. But let's say it does weaken them to some point. Who's to say they don't just back off of it a little bit when they go in to compete? So you've basically brought back steroids to the sport. I mean, so why why all this historical 
right, wrong, science, everything is just forgotten now. It's totally gone. And we're going to claim that in every way, uh, if you take a man and you change him medically, hormonally, he is exactly a woman. That's not even true. It's ridiculous. It's not true. And this whole boys can now physically be a girl thing is slowly going away. Oh, it is. It's slowly going away. I mean, we're still trying to teach my child that, and I hope everybody teaches their kids that, you know. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's it's unfortunate that went away because this whole women asking for equality thing. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's equal. That if you slap a guy, they can slap you back, right? That will be equal. Yep. That will be a true equality. But then you can't say, well, I want equality here, but I don't want equality there. there there's a story out of uh, Houston. A Vietnamese woman yes. went to a, Mac, a, a, a machine, I guess an ATM, and withdrew yeah. $4,000. She was saving the money to travel to, to Vietnam. She she So this skinny Young man, this little skinny guy, if you look at the videos, he's not yeah. a big dude at all, dude. followed her and mm-hmm. wanted to steal her money. He takes this woman, picks her up, flips her in the air. She may never walk again. Yep. She's a single mother with three kids. Single yeah. mother, three kids. She's in a hospital bed. You know, I guess it, whatever, it's paraplegic. Neither of her legs work. She may never walk again because this pretty small guy. A little skinny guy picked her up and threw her on the ground. Yep. I but, saw that, you know, that's okay. You know, I mean, if the guy said, hey, I felt like a woman that day, I decided to, you know, then, oh, well, well you shouldn't have taken her money. But, okay, that we, we get it. You're a woman. It, it, you didn't manhandle her. You woman-handled her. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. It's story. ridiculous. It's a ridiculous. It's really sad. I mean, the fact that our society had lost all common sense, it's just like... When I did the talk with uh, Moms for Liberty, and I went back and did uh, took, thought about a lot of historical fact during the Chinese Cultural Revolution, and during the Chinese Cultural Revolution, that's exactly what what happened is when Mao decided that he wants to hold on to power, and he does not want the country to be taken over by Liu Shaoqi, and they, because the other side says, well, the Great Leap Forward didn't work because we just lost twenty million people. In the Great Famine, we need to embrace capitalism, manufacture, maybe it's time for you to go. And Mao, in order to hold on to power, what he did is he recruited kids from fifth to fifth grade to high school. Basically told them, you don't need to listen to your parents, you don't listen to your teacher, you only need to listen to me, here's a little red book. And he started this whole Little Red Gar movement. Does that sound familiar, by the way? Exactly. That's exactly what kids are being told in school now. Don't tell your parents. Don't tell. So what happens is he was separating from parents and teachers from common sense. Common sense. Anything old is bad. Doesn't matter what it is. Anything old, even though with the Confucianism, even though when it's teaching you good things, anything old is bad, right? Because the temple gets destroyed. Everything gets destroyed during the Cultural Revolution. What happened? And guess what? Younger people are easier to control and manipulate too. Exactly, because if you go to a twelve year like if you go to a teenager 
And they coming home every day, the parents and the teachers say, you need to study better. We can't accept this grade. You need to do better. And then some other person say, you know what? You're the future of our country. You do not need to listen to your parents. You have to listen to where the government is here to protect you. Right. Be whoever you want to be. Right. <laughs> That's so a try- different form of grooming. I it's mean, think about it. That's what a groomer, a pedophile would do is, oh, you're an adult. T- t- treat the, you know, the man grooming a little girl, he t- treats her like an adult, makes her feel big and, and right. proud. And, so what happened yeah. is when the 1960s, in the beginning of the Cultural Revolution, he used these kids, all the little red guards, instead of going to school, now they're beating up their parents, they're beating up their teachers, and they went on the street, they protest, they scream and yell, Chairman Mao, I'll change your uniform. When that movement was over, what Mao did is he said, okay, it's time for you guys to be re-educated, okay? So he takes these kids, groups of them, they're willingly voluntarily go into the countryside to be re-educated. And what happened during the re-education of these teenager young kids? Girls were raped. A lot of them commit suicide. A lot of guys committed suicide because they were taken away from their parents. And why do they need to get re-educated? Because they're privileged. They live in the city. They need to learn what happens, the hard work in the countryside. So let me get away, get you away from the parents. And what happens when you take a bunch of teenagers, take them away from parents, put them in an environment that are completely strange, right? And with grown men and grown, you know, grown women. And some of the grown men probably have never seen a pretty girl from the city. And guess what happened? A lot of stuff happened. Yeah. So during the Cultural Revolution, China lost about another 40 million people. So, um, so now, if you look at the format now, be whoever you want to be. So at the, um, I want to read you this book. This is a book in Peter's Township Library. Okay, can you see that? Yep, it feels good to be yourself, yep. So this book is in the kindergarten to third grade reading section. Right. This is the first one. This is for kindergarten and third grade. Okay. Okay. You can read that, right? Uh, Frame this. This means when she was born, everyone thought she was a boy until she grew older. Enough every t- okay, yeah. Thought she was a boy. Now she's a girl. She's a girl. Okay. Then so okay. So we're gonna go. Let's just say okay. Maybe she was born in the wrong body, and then this is another page. This thing, I think, it's worth to look at these. When you were born, you couldn't tell people who you were or how you felt. They looked at you and made a guess. They got it right. Maybe they got it right. Maybe they got it wrong. Okay. And and what happens when you teach children that? You You think you're helping them? them. It confused the heck out of them. And here's a really good one. This one is really amazing. Guess what? You can be both a boy and a girl. And the next page, it said, you are non-binary. Okay? Ah. All right. So this is a part of, same thing during the Cultural Revolution, the re-education part. Be who you want to be. We're teaching kids now at school, we're teaching more about activism than actual academic. Right? We're teaching things 
that's exactly what happened during the Cultural Revolution. Right. They're asking those kids to be activists, a little red guard, to get rid of the old, coming with the new. So what's old? Even the you know academic is old. You don't need to be studying. You just right. have to be protecting the mouse interest. Now, um, and the re-education part of the Chinese, they took the kids away from the parents and sent them to the countryside. Guess what our re-education is? Electronic devices. Ah, you okay. Can t- right? I yeah. thought about this. You, The kids does not have to be away from their house to be re-educated now. They get on YouTube, they get on TikTok, they're willingly to be re-educated. Wow. And while your kid's getting re-educated, your parents are there, you don't even know what your kid's getting re-educated until they start talking to you. They, yeah, they, I mean, I that, start- and that's where, that's why there's a big contagion for this transgender stuff. It, you know, they say it's because of social media influencers. Yes. They don't call them influencers for nothing. <laughs> it's it's a part of the re-education process. Right. So, and I, and I was talking about this, and this is all leading to the fact that we have this layers of woke generation, layers, all common mm-hmm. sense got thrown out the window, which drives our politician in order to get vote are making these decisions as bad for the country. Right. And people are ignoring, again, it's a feeling-based politics, feeling-based education, feeling-based society versus merit-based, policy-based, result-based. You know, proponents of critical theory, critical race theory, say that you're just looking at history and you're looking critically at what happened and you're seeing all these problems. So what if you did that with this gender ideology? I mean, there's a guy named John William Money was a New Zealand sexologist, psychologist, and he was the person who um, introduced the terms gender role, sexual orientation, and popularized the terms gender identity. I mean, he was, you know, this reputable scientist. He established a clinic at Johns Hopkins Gender Identity Clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he. this is the guy that kicked all this stuff off. Okay. Now, you read this Wikipedia page and you say, okay, this is a scientist, right? This guy, you know, this all sounds reputable. But if you scroll down to the controversies, I remember as a kid hearing about this this theory that Girls and boys are identical when they're born. This is how it was taught to us. You were They were okay. identical when it was born, and it's only society that turns them into girls and boys. Otherwise, they would be the same. So, okay. And then for kids in grade school, they said, you know, boys play with boy toys, girls play with girl toys. But if you gave a boy girl toys, you know, he would, he, you know, he, he might not turn out to be a boy the way, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they told us there were these twins born. And there was an accident um, in circumcision, and the one boy was castrated. So this doctor, this doctor who popularized, who came up with this stereo popularized, said, "No problem. We're just going to raise this boy as a girl." They literally did transgender surgery on him. They they transed him to it. The parents agreed to this. Transed him to a girl. They said, "Look, just tell him he's a b- girl." 
raise him as a girl, do everything like that. He'll be fine. He'll just be a girl. I mean, and, you know, that's how you address it. Well, if you read the controversy, none of it worked out. The kid never felt like a girl. I mean, he always felt like a boy. This guy sexually abused these children. Hmm. They said when they when they were alone with him, he was mean. He forced them to simulate sexual positions on top of one another. These are little kids. I mean, you know, the guy was a sick, sick person. There is no science. You can't trust anything that comes from somebody like this. I mean, you know, both of the kids ended up dead. One of them died, I think, of a uh, overdose. The other, the one who trans killed himself. So this is I mean, part of the transgender history. This that is the we're history. About. We don't, and we don't and they say, they say this guy to this day, well, he died in 2006, but he maintained that his experiment was a success. He always claimed that it worked out fine. And get this, when people question him and say, well, we heard this happen. We heard, you know what he said? Those are right wing attacks. Those are right wing bigots who are attacking me. And this was back in the, you know, late 19th, you know, 20th century. This is, this is the poster child. This is where this whole idea, this whole science came from, this pseudoscience. It's not science. You should post that Wikipedia page to our Facebook page. I will. I will. I think that's important for it's, people to know. I mean, if you, you read the beginning of it, it sounds like you're dealing, oh, this is, this is a believable, credible guy. But then you go to the controversy part of it, it's, it's awful, absolutely awful. And the people that follow him are the same people that will say, we need to throw away the United States Constitution because the guys that wrote it on slaves. So everything they said is bad and wrong because they did a bad thing. But yet they're going to take this clown and, and build the entire life and, and raise our children in this, you know, distorted pseudoscientific belief system. Right. Hey, a little bit of local politics. I don't know if you heard about this. I, I texted this to you. This is what's on Post-Gazette. John Weinstein is removed from a key Allegheny County board after FBI started looking at him. Yeah. So he's running for um, county executive. Yeah. So all that means is they don't want him to run. I mean, he's a Democrat. None of that stuff matters. <laughs> I, I, I mean, because you got the you got a choice. You vote for a corrupt, you know, Democrat, or you have to vote for a MAGA, or you help the MAGA guy. So no, you know, we're going to vote for we're going to vote for that Repu Democrat. He's fine. Don't worry about it. There are seven um, people. Democrat is running for Allegheny County Executive. So okay. John Weinstein no. is one of them, and then so is Sarah Inamorado. So you're gonna have, you have the progressive and the traditional Democrat, and the fact that this come out is he is he considered a progressive or is he more? He's more traditional Democrat. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so, so it's not the MAGA him. people going after him. No, I think it's a progressive <laughs> love going after. It's the flip side of that coin. <laughs> Another thing is with this bank fell out at the Silicon Valley Bank, just so you know. Facebook announced this morning they're going to lay off 10,000 more workers and Apple is having a hiring freeze and eventually going to and, and um, I think the who is Apple CEO he's going to cut his salary by 40 percent so yeah, this I don't know who's gonna, CEO now this is going to have a really wide um, impact for the high tech you know with the, the Silicon Valley Bank going out of business yep Tim Cook. 
Oh right, Tim Cook. Yeah. Gotcha. So he's gonna he's gonna cut his own salary by forty percent. So, you know, I give him luck. And he they are pulling out of China for manufacturing. So, both house voted to declassify all the COVID nineteen documents. And that's Republican and Democrat. And funny that uh, Joe Biden did not say he's going to sign that bill. But according to what I understand, if he doesn't now sign the bill, he doesn't veto it, in 10 days it will become the bill. They will have to declassify everything anyway. Well, they apparently had a deadline. The FBI and the State Department were supposed to pr produce the documents, and they missed it. They said that they will. And a spokesperson for the State Department told the Epoch Times, President Biden has directed every element of our intelligence community to put the effort and resources behind getting to the bottom of the origins of COVID-19. We will continue to use every tool to figure out what happened here. And if we gain further insight, the president has directed the administration to share that with Congress and the American people. Mm-hmm. Sure. So they're behind it now. Yeah. And then also... The, the recent news is the U.S. government agency may have been double billed for projects in Wuhan, China, record indicates. They're investigating now. They There's 50,000 documents. Our, they double bill our department. We paid it out to Wuhan in the amount of millions of dollars. <laughs> well, I mean, I have to say, if they, regardless of what they conclude on the origins, um, I hopeful, hope that's just the beginning. So I think that why is it now 2023, and that's the first time we're taking seriously investigating the origins of this thing that affected the entire world? Um, that That's unacceptable. This should have been investigated long ago. Because and, we were busy I mean, investigating Trump on January 6th. Right. And, not and we need – the American people deserve – to have honest information presented to them to say, did we do the right thing? So, you know, look at the economic harm. Look at the harm that we've had, you know, into our health, public health, addiction, psychological, everything. And now everything that we know about this virus in hindsight, did we do the right thing? They did. I think the answer is a clear no. Fauci was protected, first of all. Fauci was protected by the Democratic bureaucracy, okay? Right. Nobody want anybody to know because the focus was on Trump. The whole purpose of the entire government at the time is take down Trump. Absolutely. And, and so they did, they did not care about anything that harmed our country. Again, again throw the, the hell with the American people. Right. We're going to win this next election. That's really what happened. That's why every Democrat governor had hard lockdowns, and it was only the Republicans that questioned it. I mean, and they didn't just go blindly against it. I mean, they looked into it. I mean, even DeSantis, Florida, hired his own you know, uh, health secretary of health, and you know, they made decisions based on science. See, right. What happened – this is what frustrates me is what happened here was not science. And I, it really frustrates me because you have people claiming that they're following science when they have no idea what they're talking about. They have no idea what science is or how to use the scientific method. What they're following is some person who says, I know this is like religion. Again, if you go back before the Reformation, the people did not have access to the Bible. 
the Christian church at the time, they told the people what God said. They told the people, this is what God wants you to do, and the people didn't question it. They went along with it. They're like, hey, we don't question that. We do what they tell us. There was an orthodoxy within the church. They can't, they controlled the message. And it wasn't until, you know, Martin Luther with the thesis that created the uh, Reformation. But what I'm saying is the same thing just happened with COVID. You had Fauci, the CD, you know, the Chinese scientist, the WHO. So you had the orthodoxy telling us what the science is, okay, their version of science, and then anyone that questioned it was a heretic. Everyone that questioned it was labeled a heretic. You don't listen to them. They're evil. They're trying to do harm. I mean, it's religion. There is no science in this at all. It is a cover-up because China pay for it. Our government pay for it. And a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people know or don't know, the NIH employee actually gets a royalty from these prescriptions and vaccines they develop. So I'd like to know how much money the NIH employee and Fauci received from the COVID-19 vaccine. That should be a public record. Another thing is, why is our government employee is allowed to receive royalty for vaccines? That blows me away. Okay, if you're an engineer or a scientist employed by a company, you can put your name on a patent. If you do, if you patent something, your name goes on it. But all the rights, all the financial rights of that patent belong to your employer. So when the American people are paying these scientists and they're allowed to profit from the work that they do, profit personally, that's a conflict of interest. That blew me away when I heard that that happened. Well, here's another thing. We're paying these people. They're supposed to be looking out for the taxpayers. That Uh, money, any royalties as a result of that work belongs to the American people, not that scientist. No, they're not even, it's not even the scientist. So what they do, they use the taxpayers' money. First of all, they get paid by the taxpayers. Right. Then they use the taxpayer money to give to the pharmaceutical company to research vaccinations and read and have gained well, research and then try to develop vaccine against it go. and they're receiving money for it. so how are we tr- how can we trust them to be objective well uh, i agree our interest i agree but they're I, I don't know if you, you realize though what, what was just revealed to me is that the individual scientist if scientist joe works with a company to help them develop their vaccine, he gets royalties personally from the sales of that vaccine. He owns some of that intellectual property. Okay, so that's what the problem is because that's we're not paying, that should never happen. That does not happen never, in the private industry. No, and that should not happen because that make these people untrustworthy. Right. Make them unobjective. They're there to protect their interests. Right. And the people they're paying them, the vaccine, the pharmaceutical I agree. millions of dollars to help cover this up. The job of the CDC and the FDA is to protect the American people from people like private industry who have a financial interest in doing something. So you can't corrupt our officials with that financial. Now, I can see them saying, well, in order for us to recruit and retain the best scientists, we have to have this policy. No, that, it, yeah. that's not an acceptable excuse. No, 
No. Another thing is, if you look at everything that was misinformation 2020-2021, now it's re all revealed as the truth. How many people lost their friends? How many people was labeled a conspiracy theorist? Right. Right. All those things. The the COVID nineteen is lab made in twenty twenty. That's impossible. Twenty twenty three. Yes, it is lab made. The myocarditis. No, there's no such a thing as you. There's no such a thing. COVID vaccine. You cannot get COVID or transmit COVID if you take this vaccination. That's completely untrue. And then the myocarditis that's on the warning label now in all the COVID-19 vaccine and the stroke that just happened with Pfizer and the CDC now is investigating the latest booster that's causing stroke in people that's 65 years and older. But those are not being reported in the media. We're still talking about January 6th. We're still talking about things that really does not matter to people's actual health. Okay. Well, I, I have to disagree on a couple. So I don't know that anyone ever said there's no such connection of myocarditis because if you look in up myo yes. okay, myocarditis, yes. the most common cause of myocarditis pre-COVID is a viral infection. And other vaccines have been known to cause myocarditis. So... They never denied that it caused myocarditis. What they'd look at is they say the the instance of myocarditis is very, very low, and the vaccine saves a bunch of lives, so it's safe to use. That's what they say. They don't they didn't say there's no my in fact myocarditis became a big issue in the young people when they started giving well, it to young people. No, because prior to that, when it just started coming out, people say it's causing people with heart problems. They say it's well, untrue. I'm going to find you the article. I'm okay. going to find you the well, article because they did say it's untrue. Here's the mistake that people make, that I hear people making, okay? They'll say, the vaccine causes myocarditis. No. <laughs> okay? The vaccine can cause myocarditis. Okay? Every, you know, those drugs that they yeah. advertise on, yeah, people, those when they put a drug commercial on TV, at the end they read this very long list of, Side effects. Side effects. Yes. And people make a joke like, why would you ever take something with all those side effects? Well, the why? truth is, the truth is those side effects, they are very rare. 90% of or you know, any of the serious side effects are super rare. There is no such thing as a medical treatment or drug that doesn't have some kind of side effect. So, but if the instance of the side effect is very rare, then... And the benefit of the treatment is high enough, it's still approved. That's why that's one of the reasons why certain drugs require a prescription so that the doctor can monitor you and make sure that you're not one of the people who's going to have these serious side effects. So if they just put it in a drugstore, people are taking it. They have no way of knowing. So, you know, when you take it like I, I'm on you know, meds for gout. I have to go in every six months. I get blood tests. They ask me all the standard questions. And what they're looking for is to make sure that the med's working and it's not causing me any problems. I've been on it for decades. But, the you know, the other thing is when the, when the vaccines were first administered, they were administered to the older people, old and high-risk people. Right. They were monitoring the transmission of the virus within the nursing homes. After giving the initial vaccines to those older people, the spread of the virus plummeted. 
So the initial vi- the initial vaccine for that form of the virus, that variant, did by all the data and all the evidence stop transmission. It stopped infection. It stopped transmission. Okay. Very soon after that, Delta came along. And then the initial question was, is this even going to work on Delta? Had no idea. They discovered that people were still spreading it and people were still getting infected. But they believed that it was reducing the serious illness. So that's what the vaccine became. It wasn't a lie. It was a change. They completely discounted natural immunity. Well, that's an, okay, but that's another argument, okay? Right. What I'm saying is this is where people get in trouble. They don't really understand science. If I tell you something in June and then I tell you something different in October, you say I lied. Well, I may have lied or maybe something changed. Now, I don't believe that my criticism of the government throughout was they're not communicating well enough. They're giving really overly simplified and actually they were selecting information based on what they wanted people to do. And I said that they were going to get themselves in trouble by doing that. And they're not allowing debates, nor not allowing other opinions. They just automatically shut everything down because if you remember, they shut down all the medicines that could possibly help this viral infection you know they say anything trump said was bad so they stop a lot of medicine that can potentially help people but because trump said it can help people so it cannot be on the market if you go back and look at my old youtube stuff that's exactly what i was saying that this is not about whether chloroquine works or not it's all about trump the media was not reporting what the scientists were saying well, I'll give you an example. I, d- I love z So anytime I get a flu, I will get a z And my do- the doctor would say, well, it's a viral, it's a flu, z not going to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, but it does help me. I know my body, right? It helps me. So get me a z Sure. Sure enough, I take two. I'm 50% better within 12 hours. Right. Okay. But that, even z was being criticized and say you cannot take that. So right. the only solution is a vaccine. So I would love to know, maybe we need to do some research on this, how much money did NIH employee and NIH National Institute well, of Health and Fauci, how much money did they receive yep. from See, the Pfizer, from Moderna, and J&J probably did not pay them. That's why they're off the market. I mean, that's a traditional virus, you know, traditional injection, the adiovirus in somebody. I love to know because that is just blows my mind that our government employee is receiving royalty from these vaccines. Right. Uh, The whole reason we have an FDA and, you know, a check and balance like that is because when when a company develops a treatment, if there's a market for it, there's a huge financial incentive for them to get it out there. Right. So their interest, you know, no matter how pure their hearts are, you can't avoid the power of a financial, you know, benefit, the, the, the motivation right. to make money. And that's why the government has to stay separate. And that whole idea of paying these scientists royalties is wrong. I mean, it's wrong. They're scientists, but they're also government employees, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they're government employees first. (laughs) They're government employees first. Don't take the job. 
here's the thing. That would be like a public defender will get money from, I don't know, the plaintiff or the prosecutor's office, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that's... They, yeah, he has to have all his only, you know, a, 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 an attorney's only interest has to be to his client. Absolutely. Right. In the same way, a president's only interest should be to the American people. And the same with the bureaucrats and everybody else. Everybody on the government payroll that we pay, they have to look out for us, our interests. That's all they have to be. That's, that's it. Okay, and they're so not doing it, by the way. This is an article I found in the National Library of Medicine. It was published in January 22, 2005. So this is a figure 17 years ago, what, 18 years ago. It says, patients who took part in clinical trial at the U.S. National Institute of Health, NIH, had no idea that scientists at the institutes receive $8.9 in royalty payment and might benefit financially for the use of their discoveries by pharmaceutical company right. advice makers, report from the Associated no. Press. The press agency has reported that 916 present and formal NIH researchers receive annual, roy annual royalty payment averaging from 9700 but could receive as much as $150,000. Nope. That money belongs to the American people. If, if any of those scientists worked for Pfizer and their efforts developed this, they don't make money off it. All the financial rights go to the company. That's it. They can give the scientists bonus. They can incentivize them however they want. But that scientist does not own any intellectual property. He doesn't own any financial rights to the things he produces. That's true of scientists and engineers in the private sector widespread. Okay. Now, here's so in this case, the, the employer is the American people, and all that money belongs to the American people. If, not you, that if you go help a research, shouldn't you be getting some kind of royalty too? If I'm going to go get a study, and my my using me as an ex, my body as experiment, shouldn't I be getting ro annual royalty that vaccine gets developed? <laughs> I mean, here's. <laughs> So here's another article from the National Desk. Now you had to take the vaccine though to get that, right? So recently, the um, yeah, I took the polio vaccine. I should get some royalty for that. Right now, recently there was a congressional hearing, and this question was directly questioned to Fauci. So apparently, Rand Paul had this clash back in September 14, 2022. So Rand Paul asked. Fauci, it says, we've been asking you and you refuse to answer whether anybody on the vaccine committee gets royalty from the pharmaceutical company. I asked you last time and what was your response? We don't have to tell you. This wow. is what Fauci said. Paul said, when we get in charge, we're going to change the rules and you will have to divulge where you get your royalties from what companies and if anybody on the committee has a conflict of interest, we're going to learn about it. Now, this is before the Republican took over the Congress, okay? I mean, when he said, I don't have to tell you, he told you. I mean, come on. If the answer was well, no, he would have said no. Yeah, but I'm going to post this article onto our uh, Facebook. Over the period of time from 2010 to 2016, 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 18,000 NIH employees. We know that because you told us, but because we forced you to tell us through the Freedom of Information Act. 
Paul told Fauci during the June hearing, this June 2022, that's before Republican took over uh, the House, over 193 million was given to these 18,000 employees. Okay, so that was before the COVID vaccine. It would be so interesting. Now, I yeah. just watched a recent hearing on the subject. Fauci did not admit it. He took royalty. But then he said, I donate it back. How, how much did you donate it back? To who? To who? Who did he donate it to? Four, if you, I, I believe it was a $4 million. $4 million. Who did you donate it back to? I'd love to know. I, I mean, I'd love to know. So this is, this. I'm so glad we got on this subject because this is a something not too many people know about it. And yeah. I think more and more people needs to know about the fact that our government employee is getting royalty from the pharmaceutical company. Well, thank you again, Sherry, for a great conversation. These conversations getting more and more passionate and heated. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're starting a to lot disagree. Yes, we, we're good. having a lot of fun. And then uh, <laughs> we hope you are too. Uh, yeah, we start, we do, we are starting to disagree. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Okay. Have a good one.